0: Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Hello, welcome to Nations of the World podcast series. This little episode is a one-year summary. I've been asked why I started this podcast on Nations of the World. I don't even need to take my time answering. It was really easy. I wanted to learn more about people, culture, and places, and I didn't want to hear people's opinions or debates. So I went looking for a podcast that I could subscribe to like that. But guess what? There wasn't one. That's when I decided to start one of my own. If I was looking for something like this, then surely others were too. Why should we care about people in other parts of the world? because we're all interconnected in many ways. What we do in one part of the world can affect the lives of others all the way on the other side of the world. That includes the way we treat the environment, beneficially or harmfully. That includes how we contract diseases all across the globe from one another. That includes how we find cures for diseases and share that information with others to benefit them as well as ourselves. That includes the way we find pleasures in life through music, art, and the written word, springing from the artistic nature of people all over the globe. People are resilient and inventive. Some live in harsh terrain, others in climates that seem uninhabitable. And still, others live in man-made disaster areas, as in war-torn countries, or places with hidden mines underground, threatening unsuspecting animals and people alike. Some deal with the effects of radiation because of nuclear disasters. Some have unraveled the secrets that lie within a tiny plant that grows in nature around them. With that knowledge, they have found ways to heal people of all kinds of ailments, or at least to bring some relief. Some have spent a lifetime studying just one species of an animal to better understand what qualities it contains that humans can replicate to make our lives better in some way. Some have written a masterpiece in a novel, or in just a few verses of a poem, that has had such a strong message that any who read it are touched in a way that they will never forget. We are beings with great potential. Although we're also different, we're also so alike. Who doesn't get warmed to the heart when watching kittens who can barely walk play together, or watching a baby laugh wholeheartedly at something seemingly simple? Who doesn't enjoy the flavors of their favorite dish especially when shared with loved ones who isn't moved by a piece of music that stirs your emotions in one way or another who doesn't connect with a beautiful place in nature such as an ocean beach with soothing waves a majestic snow-capped mountain or a field of wildflowers gently swaying in the breeze who doesn't feel deep emotional pain when a loved one is suffering, or when an impenetrable wall of darkness separates us from the one we love because that one has died. I am fascinated by the different cultures around the world. We have so much to learn from each other. What often sets people apart is the unknown. When we don't know something, it causes fear. The more familiar we are with something, the more comfortable we become with it. So, in an endeavor to alleviate some of the unknown about people in other places, I've been working on this podcast. It is true we are shaped by our environment, our culture, our family. No one chooses where they will be born, what ethnicity they will have, what financial status they will find themselves in, or what family they will be brought up with. Basically, we are all dealt a hand, and we need to determine the best way to play it. As you are playing your hand, get to know the people sitting at the table who are also playing their hands. Their strategy may be better than yours, it may not, but know that they are human too and that we all share the same world. This short bonus episode marks my one year anniversary of starting this podcast. I have some exciting milestones I thought I could share with my listeners. There are people from 100 countries listening. There have been over 5,000 downloads. There are now over 700 downloads a month. There was one day when every episode was downloaded at least once. That was when there were 23 published episodes. I have two upcoming goals that I hope to achieve in the near future. First, I want to finish the website design that I've been working on and to bring it online so that I have the flexibility to add new articles and a blog. It will replace the very basic website I currently have up. This will make it easier to interact with my listeners. I want to hear what you like or don't like. I want to hear how I can make the show better. Second, I want to interview people from different countries in a series of episodes I will call A Day in the Life. This will bring you through a typical day for someone from a country that I will be featuring. You will learn about their daily activities from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep at night. I think it'll be so enlightening to walk in someone else's shoes via a personal interview. I hope this short bonus episode, Why Start a Podcast on Nations of the World, gives you some insight into this project and you have a better understanding of what I set out to achieve. I also want to sincerely thank you for sharing this journey with me. Just the fact that you take the time to listen to any of my episodes gives me the incentive to keep working on this project. Stay tuned for my next bonus issue, What Does It Take to Publish Nations of the World podcast episodes? Do you know anyone else who might enjoy this podcast? If so, please share a link to my show. Now, I'd like to share a personal experience with you. We received a Ukrainian family of three into our home in Sweden in mid-April of this year, 2022. They're from the city of Mariupol, Like people in other cities, they heard news of and heard the shelling getting closer, but still didn't think it would really reach them. When it did, their apartment building, along with many others on their block, was shelled. Some of it caught on fire, and for the rest, the windows were blown out. Their apartment was on the fourth floor. They and the others tried to remain in their apartments just like it was, but the temperature got down to five degrees at night or minus 15 degrees Celsius. After a couple of days, they went to the basement of the building, where there were many people and animals trying to stay safe and warm, or at least warmer, and the bombing was unending. They haven't spoken much about what they saw, but the experience of living three weeks in the basement was awful. They all lost a good deal of weight. The 16-year-old boy lost 6 kilograms or 13 pounds, They started in the basement with two meals a day, and as supplies ran low, they went down to one. They knew of many others living in basements around their city, and they said that they were some of the more fortunate ones because they had a good deal of water. They could take it from the water heaters in the building. After three weeks of living in the basement, they made their way to the Russian border. They chose to come to Sweden, and the best way to do that was to go through Russia. Any other way, you would risk being fired at, even more than going towards Russia. So they had sort of a good way out since the wife had a brother living in Russia. So they made it to the wife's brother's house in Russia and waited to hear word on her parents, who were also in Mariupol. But they didn't know if they were dead or alive. It took some time, a few days, and when they finally heard they were alive, the husband and his brother-in-law drove back to get them and bring them where they were. The family, Jehovah's Witnesses, which is banned in Russia, had to erase any of their Bible-based apps from their phones before they got to the border. They also had to erase any pictures that made them look like Ukrainian supporters, such as any picture with a Ukrainian flag in it. Otherwise, they could have run into a lot of trouble. Come to find out, they left with only the clothes on their backs and a small bag of personal necessities. They arrived in Sweden with a duffel bag each, which they received along with some extra clothing from other Jehovah's Witnesses they met while en route through Russia and into Estonia. Unfortunately, they had to leave their cat behind. They've shared pictures of him, and he's a beautiful Siberian who they had as an indoor cat, and he enjoyed walks around the neighborhood on his leash. It was a difficult decision for them to leave him behind. So very sad. After leaving their relative in Russia, they traveled to a couple of more cities in Russia and then to Estonia. From Estonia, they took a 16-hour ferry to Sweden, and that's where we picked them up. They still don't have contact with a lot of their friends in Mariupol, since the communications infrastructure is nearly wiped out. I don't know how long they'll be with us. They've registered through the migration office here in Sweden. After some time, they will get housing and some support from the government. The parents are both going to look for work. I'm just so glad they were put with us. We were really happy when they came, and their native language is Russian. That's true for many Ukrainians. Our family can speak a little Russian, so it has been nice being able to communicate with them. They're very grateful for all the support that they have received. I hope you've enjoyed this personal experience. Next time we'll learn about a country with 36 indigenous people and 37 official languages. It has the world's largest salt flat. Besides supplying salt, it contains several other minerals of use. It is so large that after it rains, the standing water becomes the Earth's largest mirror, making it ideal for calibrating the altimeters for Earth's satellites. Nearby you will find the Hotel de Salade, built entirely from salt blocks, including the interior and the furniture. This country is also home to what was known as the Death Road, the world's most dangerous road in the 90s. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, Bolivia. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world.